Glory to God. Let's just pray, raise our hands and praise God for just another, just another minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. John Mark, would you come up here? I want to pray for you, minister to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this man. And the Lord would say to you, be not weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in doing good. For I see, I see the steps that you're taking. I see your heart. I see the direction that you're going in. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. In due season you shall see. It shall all turn around. It shall all turn out for good. Stand your ground. Stand in faith. Continue to follow me. You're my son. You're my child. And my hand is upon you. My favor is upon you. My grace is upon you. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't give up. Don't faint, don't quit, for you will surely see the fruit of your labor, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, and uh, how many of you have this, um, the little, this little, uh, little piece, a quarter piece, sheet of paper where it says daily say to the Lord. I think we put it in the bulletin one time for you to have, and uh, I don't know if anybody is doing what it says, daily saying to the Lord. Some of you are, I'm sure. And, uh, or at least on a, on a regular basis. Uh, but there's a, uh, there's a scripture in here that we list on this that, that I'm going to start with today and we're going to talk about. But this is, this is our prayer for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in our midst. But, but look at the verse with me. 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, this verse in, in context, in chapter 12, as you know, you're probably aware of, uh, Paul has written about and talked about there through the, through the direction of the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He taught the Corinthians, and, and that letter is for us today, taught us in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians all about what the gifts of the Spirit, right? Okay. And the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 3, or chapter 13, the next chapter, what's that about? The love, that's the love chapter, isn't it? It's about the, the God kind of love, agape love. And so, and so the context in chapter 12, he's talked about all the gifts. In chapter 13, he's talked about love. And then he kind of says, it kind of gives us bottom line, the first verse of chapter 14. So here, he says, so here's what we should do then. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So he makes it clear in the first verse of chapter 14 that we don't have to choose between the gifts or love, but that we can have both. And that's the title of my message today is you can have both. Hallelujah. Amen. And we should. Not only can we, but we should have both. We are, he tells us in this verse, we are to... Pursue love. Everybody say, pursue love. pursue love. 
we are to pursue love and we are to desire spiritual gifts. Everybody say, desire spiritual gifts. So that's the two things we're to do. We're to pursue love and we are to desire spiritual gifts. Now, again, he re- this is a letter to the church at Corinth. This is to every believer. And it's a letter to us in the body of Christ today. Every Christian, every believer should be pursuing love and desiring spiritual gifts. Amen. So the scripture, the Bible teaches in the New Testament, teaches us both about the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, right? We find the fruit of the Spirit listed here in in Galatians that we'll look at. In Galatians 5 and verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the, what we know as the, and what the Scripture tells us, is the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, there, so there, and, and if you were counting, you know that there are nine of them. We just listed and, talk, and, and, and mentioned nine, and the Scripture mentions here, nine fruits of the Spirit, or <laughs> you can say it this way, nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. It could be... He didn't, he didn't really say the fruits, plural, of the Spirit. He said the fruit of the Spirit. So you can look at it both ways. I don't think you're, you're missing it. Look at it either way. Either, either nine different fruits of the Spirit or a ninefold, nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? We often refer to this, the fruit of the Spirit, as the character of Christ. That's character in us, right? The fruit of the Spirit <clears throat> that is to be born by us that it's to come forth from us because now we're born again and we have the Holy Spirit living within us should be love and joy. And that's what we can expect to grow out of and and to manifest out of the work of the Holy Spirit within us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit through our recreated human spirit. We've been born again. Our spirit's been made new. So it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit through our recreated spirit. It's the character of Christ. It's the nature of God. And notice what the first one is. What's the first one? Love. It's love, isn't it? Amen. So this is the character of Christ. This is the nature of God produced in our lives through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit living within us will produce the fruit of the Spirit as we yield to Him. As we yield to the working of the Holy Spirit within us, that's what's going to come about. That's what's going to be our, the, the, our character traits exhibited through us. Love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Hallelujah. We can't use the excuse, well, that's just not my personality. Personality has nothing to do with it. Yeah, we all have different personalities, but this goes beyond. This is much deeper than personality. This is the character of Christ. This is the fruit of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the result of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within each of us as we yield to Him. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And then uh, we know about, uh, the Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit as well. That's what we're to desire. Paul said, 
pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So let's look at the gifts of the Spirit for a moment. The, the, the list of the gifts of the Spirit is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. Sometimes the gifts are also called the manifestations of the Spirit because Paul says here in verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills, as the Holy Spirit wills. So, again, if you're counting, then you know that there are nine gifts or manifestations of the Holy Spirit listed here. Nine fruit of the Spirit, nine gifts of the Spirit. I don't think that's a coincidence. This is the result, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit manifested in our lives. That's the result of the Holy Spirit coming upon us, empowering us. The fruit of the Spirit is the result of the Holy Spirit living within us, dwelling within us. But Jesus said, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We need the Spirit within us and upon us. The Spirit upon us uh, produces uh, the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And we can actually group these, these manifestations or these gifts into three categories of three each. We find that there are three utterance gifts or gifts that say something. That would be tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And then there are three gifts that reveal something, what we call revelation gifts. That would be the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. And then there are three gifts that do something, or what we call the power gifts, and that would be gifts of healings. Notice that both gifts and healings are plural in that. Gifts of healings, the gift of faith, and the working of miracles. And so there are nine gifts, there are nine fruits of the Spirit, or nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. And so again, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So we're to have both. Amen? We're to have both. We're to, this, should be, this should be our goal. This should be our mindset that we're going to pursue love and we're going to desire spiritual gifts. Now, you know, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but, but to be honest, how many, how many of us really on a consistent basis are desiring spiritual gifts? Well, we're, we're told to do that that we're supposed to do that. Amen? And we're going to get, I'm going to get ahead of myself here because I want to talk more about, the, about that aspect, that side of it next week. But to, today, I really want to focus on the love side. So let's talk about, let's talk about love for a little bit. And, um, uh, you know, so what, what Paul's saying, again, is we should go after both. So we should diligently cultivate the character of Christ in our lives, 
And he uses love there just to, to summarize all of them, really, all the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, and then we should also desire to operate in the supernatural equipment. The gifts of the Spirit is really the supernatural equipment that God has given to the church. Amen. We need that supernatural equipment. You know, if you're going to do your job, you need the right equipment, right? Doesn't it make all the difference? You know, they referenced the ramp. Robert went out on, uh, and, and, and built new ramps for us, one right out here, one going into the walk-in cooler, and then he fortified the one uh, the, going into the shed there, which was the slickest thing you ever saw. He put some strips there. So, uh, uh, but, but Robert, had, uh, he had some power tools to do that with. If he just, if he just had an old handsaw, wouldn't that have been rough? It still wouldn't be done, would you? Saw on that two by six pressure treated, you know, that would have been rough, huh? But uh, so he had, he had the right equipment. He had the right tools to get the job done. Well, we've been given supernatural equipment. The problem is the church has tried to do the job of going into all the world and preaching the gospel without our equipment. We need that equipment. Well, that's, that's for next Sunday, though. But that's good anyway. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's talk about love a little bit. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 in the New International Version. Let's read it in the NIV. I like the way it reads here. He says, follow the way of love. New King James says, pursue love. And a lot of translations say, pursue love. But the New International Version says, follow the way of love. And eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. King James Version says, follow after love. You know, pursue love, and the reason I like this and the reason I wanted to point this out is pursue love almost sounds like it's something you don't have. Well, I'm, I'm pursuing love. You know, I'm trying to, trying to get it. I'm pursuing love. And, and if we look at it in that context, even though the Bible says pursue it, it's not from the standpoint of pursuing it like you don't have it at all. Follow after love, follow the way of love, I think expresses it more clearly for us. Why? Because we have the God kind of love. Romans 5, 5, look at, tells us this. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God, what's those next two words? Has been, has been. It's all right if you call me a has been in this case. If you tell me the love of God has been poured out into your heart, David, I'll take that. Amen. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out. Now, that's already been done, right? That's already, that means we got it. That means it's been done. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When you got born again, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you. And the Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit has all the attributes of God. And the Bible says in 1 John that God is love. Amen. So that love is in you. That love is in us if we're born again. Amen. We just need to yield to that love and not yield to our flesh. We still have flesh, and, uh, but we need to yield to the love of God that's in our spirit. That's why it's so important to develop our spirit. Amen. That's why it's... A, in fact, you know, the Bible says it talks about uh, in Jude, 
See, see, praying in tongues is one of the best ways. See, these, these things are connected. They're not, they're not separate. They're connected. Amen. Praying in tongues is a great way to exercise your spirit, to become more conscious of your spirit. And the book of Jude in verse 20 says, it's, not, it's not, in our, not in our notes today, but you can make a note of it, look at it later. But Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit. You know what the next verse says, the next words? Keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. So it's connected there. So as you pray in the Spirit, you're exercising your spirit. And what's in there, you become more conscious of your spirit. Your spirit becomes more dominant instead of your flesh or your mind or your reason. And guess what? And when you start yielding to your spirit, you're going to be following the way of love. You're going to be yielding to love. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Second Peter 1 4 we <clears throat> says that we've been made partakers, and that's not in our notes either, but it says we've been made partakers of the divine nature. Amen. And so what is that nature? What's the nature of God? It's love. First John tells us God is love. Amen. <clears throat> Let's continue that thought for a minute. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 and verse 31, he says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So he says, let all bitterness, he's writing to the believers here in Ephesus, the Ephesian church. He says, let all bitterness, let all wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, let it be put away from you with all malice. And he says, be kind to one another. Earlier in, the, earlier in Ephesians, earlier in that chapter, he told them to put off the old man and put on the new man, right? Remember that? He says, put off your old man. And then, and then he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. Everything he lists there first in verse 31, that's the old man. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, that's all part of the old man. In verse 32, he tells us what the new man looks like. What's part of the new man? Be kind, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's a pretty tall order, isn't it? He says you can forgive each other just like God forgave you. You can forgive just like God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the love of God in us. The love of God. If we try to love with natural human love, that love will run out pretty quick. But we can draw on the love of God that's in us. Amen. And then he goes on, we, we separate this, you know, the, the translators separated it in chapter and verse, but this was a letter. The very next thing that Paul says after he says this is what we find in chapter 5, verse 1. He says, therefore, because of what I just told you, you know, again, rule of, rule of Bible interpretation, anytime you see the word therefore, look back and see what it's there for. All right. Therefore, in other words, because of what I just told you, because of what I just wrote to you, therefore, be imitators of God. What does that mean? Act like God, 
be imitators of God as dear children. In other words, you know, I love my, my grandbabies and, and spending time with them. And uh, especially the, you know, when, they're, when they're little, the, 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 I like them I mean, at every age. I'm, I'm, I'm only up to not quite age five yet. With Elliot, it'll be five next month. But then we got Judah and Noel now, and they're well, less than a year and a half, year and five months. And, uh, and they, boy, they're smart. They, you do something, they'll do it. You know, they imitate. You know, they, they see it and they do it. That's what he's talking about here. God is your father. We're to imitate God as dear children. I think the Amplified said as, as dearly loved children imitate their father. Amen. We're to imitate God like that. Hallelujah. What, is that, what, does, what does it mean to imitate God? Well, what, again, God is what? God is love. Be imitators of God and dear children, as dear children, and walk in love. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us. That, that's, that's, that is amazing to think about that we do have the same capacity to love others and one another that Jesus, the way that Jesus loved us. We can do it the same way. Walk in love, imitate God, walk in love as Christ also has loved us. Hallelujah. That's the, this is the love that we're to pursue. This is the love that we're to follow after. This is the love that we're to follow the way of. Amen. And he tells us, he said, here's the two things that you do. Pursue love, pursue this love and desire spiritual gifts. Wow. Just, just think if we will, if we'll step up and do this, if we'll step up and act on this. Hallelujah. And I know we are to some degree. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. He said, you're, you're walking in love. I don't, need to, I don't need to write to you. He said, but I encourage you. I urge you to do it more and more. Do it more and more. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. So, let me find my place here. So again, let's go back to, uh, back to 14, 1. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 in the NIV. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit especially prophecy. So, so what is the way of love? Well, he just told us in the previous chapter, chapter 14, verse 1, it says, follow the way of love that he just got through telling us about in chapter 13. Chapter 13 is the way of love. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or, clang, or a clanging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Now remember, all of chapter 12, this is the first verse, first two verses of chapter 13. Remember all of chapter 12, he's talking about what? Talking about the gifts. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12. And so then he gets into 13 and he says, well, I'll tell you, all the gifts are worth nothing without love. All right? Now, uh, if, we have, if we have the gifts, if we have tongues, prophecy, the gift of faith, but love, it amounts to nothing. And again, some people have wrongly understood that Paul was speaking against the gifts. Well, he's saying love's better. You know, the gifts are not important. Love is better. No, he's saying we need both. Amen. Amen. See, without, without love, we'll not operate in the gifts properly and to the maximum effect 
in order to bless people. In fact, we can actually do, and, and a lot of damage has been done in people's lives because the gifts, people have endeavor, endeavored to operate in the gifts without being grounded in love. Amen? But without the gifts, we might be nice and kind, all right, but lacking in the spiritual power to bring healing and deliverance into people's lives. We'll just sit around and say, we'll be kind to you, but what, what, you know, we'd rather do more than just be kind and nice. It's important that we be kind and nice, but let's be kind and nice and also say, in the name of Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, be made whole. Amen. And we need the gifts for that. We need the supernatural equipment. So we need both. Amen. And we should have both. God wants us to have, He wants us to pursue love and He wants us to desire spiritual gifts. Amen. So here it is, as we get to verse 4 in 1 Corinthians 13, here is the way of love. He says, follow the way of love. Here it is. Here's the way, here's what we're to follow. Verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Now, half of you just fell off the, fell off the truck right there with that second word that I read. Love suffers. We don't want to hear that, do we? Love suffers. Well, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've had nothing. I'm done with them. Now, love suffers long and is kind while we do it. Brother Hagin, Brother Hagin used to teach on this, and he'd say a lot of people suffer long, but they're not kind while they're doing it. Yeah, I'm putting up with you again, and I don't want to, but... I, no, love suffers long and kind while it's doing it. Amen. Love suffers long and is kind. Love, and let's slow down and, and really hear these today. We can blow through them. I've heard that, you know. It's like, like we do John 3, 16. Because I also love the Lord that gave his own body, son, whoever lives on the earth, have life. Yeah, we've heard that. And we blow through it so fast. Let's look at this. So love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. If we're being led by the Lord, His love nature in us will prompt us to act in the ways that we just read. Amen. Uh, Toward other people. That's following the way of love. And if we walk in love, since love never fails, guess what? We will never fail. Hallelujah. You want, to be, you want to succeed in everything you do? Follow the way of love. Love never fails. Love's the best way. Love wins. Amen. Love never fails. And also, notice this. I never had noticed this before until I studied it out this time. Notice how, how perfectly aligned the description of love here is in 1 Corinthians with all the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, amen. See, that's all the things that he talked about here 
in, in, in describing love here in 1 Corinthians 13. Let's read it in the Amplified. And read, you can come on up. Um, let's look at it in the Amplified. Love endures long and is patient and kind. When it says suffers, he's not talking about suffering sickness and disease and bad things and accidents and poverty. He's talking about, he's talking about enduring with people. Amen. Enduring people long. That can be suffering too, right? Amen. But love does that. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Hallelujah. You are the ever ready. Is, is, that, it? is that the energizer? Is that ever ready? That's ever ready, isn't it? Amen. You are the ever ready energizer bunny when it comes to love because love is ever ready. Love is ever ready to what? To believe the best, not the worst, we're so, we're so ready, we're so inclined in our flesh and the natural to believe the worst, to believe the worst, to expect the worst. But love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete. Oh, well, you know, that was for a... Uh, a bygone generation. That doesn't apply to... No, no. Love never, love's not obsolete. It doesn't become obsolete. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. You know, you can put your name in there or you can personalize it and say it this way. You can say, I endure long. Amen. Hallelujah. I endure long and I'm patient and kind. Make, make a confession. Yeah, I would encourage you to get 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 in the Amplified Bible and make a personal confession out of that. I endure long. How can you say that? Because the love of God's in you. And that's a good way to activate it is by saying it, by confessing it. Right? Amen. I endure long and I'm patient and kind. I'm never envious nor do I boil over with jealousy. I am not boastful or vainglorious, and I do not display myself haughtily. I am not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. I am not rude, unmannerly, and I do not act unbecomingly. God's love in me, therefore, since it is, then I do not insist on my own rights or my own way, for I'm not self-seeking. I'm not touchy or fretful, or resentful. I take no account of an evil done to me. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. I do not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but I rejoice 
when right and truth prevail. I bear up under anything and everything that comes. I am ever ready to believe the best of every person. My hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and I endure everything without weakening. Love never fails, therefore I never fail. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's read it in the New Living. You're not getting tired of this, are you? Amen. In the New Living, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. This is the love that's in us. This is the love that we're to pursue and follow after. This is the God kind of love. And we'll wrap it up here in 1 John. In 1 John 3 and verse 11, John writes and says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, brethren, if the world hates you. We know, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So here John gives us the love test. We know that we've passed from death to life. That we're saved. That we're born again. That we're truly children of God. How do we know that? Because we love the brethren. Amen. That's the, that's the test. Amen. Because we love the brethren. Amen. There should be some evidence. There should be some fruit that we're saved. If we're truly saved, then the Holy Spirit living in us is going to produce that first fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Amen. Praise God. I'll close with this. Brother Hagin shares the story, and I've heard him share it several times in person, read it in his books, but I want to, and I've shared it with you before, but I want to share it again. Uh, talked about they were preaching out, uh, out on, the, on the West Coast, and um, there was a young couple, I, I believe... I believe it was the, the, the pastor of the church where he was preaching. I believe it was the son and daughter-in-law of the, of the pastors. Pastor's son and then the pastor's daughter-in-law. And Brother Hagin was teaching on this uh, scripture uh, one day in, their, in the services, the meeting that he was conducting out there. And he said, uh, it says here, whoever hates his brother, in verse 15, put verse 15 back up there. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And he just happened to say, well, you see, he said, that means mother-in-law too. <laughs> in other words, if you hate your mother-in-law, then you're not saved. You don't have eternal life abiding in you. And uh, so, so this daughter-in-law of the, of the pastors came up to him after the service and she said, Brother Hagin, you've got me all confused. I don't even know if I'm saved. And the uh, first thing he said was, he says, no. He said, you were confused already. He said, he said, the light of the word just shined the light on your confusion. 
She said, he said, what's the problem? She says, I don't know if I'm saved. I, I hate my mother-in-law. I hate my mother-in-law. And he said, well, let me help. He knew, that, he knew the woman was saved. He knew she, she, he knew she was born again. He knew that she really didn't hate her mother-in-law. She was just letting her flesh dominate her. And so he says, let me help you out. He said, I want you to look me in the eye. And as you look me in the eye, I want you to say, I hate my mother-in-law. So she looked Brother Hagin in the eye and she said, I hate my mother-in-law. He said, now check up on the inside. He said, what, what did, you, did you sense something? On, she said, yeah, there's something, something in there scratching me. And he said, exactly. He said, that's the love of God in you constraining you. The Bible says, says that. It says the love of Christ constrains us. He said, that's the love of God in you constraining you. He said, listen, you don't really hate your mother-in-law. You're just letting your flesh and your reason dominate you. Instead, start letting your spirit dominate you. And he talked to her some more. And uh, they stayed there. You know, he would, back in those days, he would go and do a meeting. He'd stay five, six, seven, sometimes eight weeks in one place doing the meeting. And so uh, a little bit, of, a few days passed and they uh, were in the home of the pastors and, and, uh, and then the son and daughter-in-law, this daughter-in-law was there and they were having a meal and she pulled him aside. She said, you know, she said, you're right. She said, I don't hate my mother. She said, I just made the adjustment in my attitude and the way I was looking at things. I don't hate my my mother-in-law, she's a wonderful person. She loves the Lord, and, you know, we were just, you know, rubbing each other the wrong way, but I made that adjustment, and, and they're wonderful people, and I love them, and I got all that, I got all that straightened out. Praise God, it's so good to have that, have that straightened out. She started, started yielding to the love of God in her, is what happened, that was in her spirit. Now, this same, this same couple, uh, young, young couple, they had a daughter that was uh, uh, two or three years old, and she was having seizures, epileptic seizures. And uh, they called. She had a seizure one day, again, during this same time period uh, where Brother Hagin's there. She had a seizure. And they called Brother Hagin, please come and pray for our daughter. She's having another seizure. And on the way over, they got in the car and they headed over there. And Brother Hagin said on the way over there, he said, it's like, it's like someone sitting in the back seat. He said, spoke to me. It was, this, it was this forceful, this loud. He said, I know the other people in the car didn't hear it, but I heard it. So the Lord said, don't pray for the child. Don't lay hands on the child. I said in the old covenant to my people Israel, if they'd walk in my commandments and keep, and keep my statutes, I would take sickness away from the midst of them. And then the Lord continued, the Holy Spirit continued to say, paraphrasing that in the New Testament, when my people walk in love, then they're keeping the commandment and I'll take sickness away from the midst of them. So tell this to the mother. And then tell the mother to do this. Tell the mother to say, Satan, take your hands off my child. I'm walking in love now. You have no right to afflict her. So they got over there and he did exactly what the Lord told him, what the Holy Spirit spoke to him to do on the ride over there. Went in, said to the mother, he said, I'm not going to pray for her. I'm not going to lay hands on her. Here's what the Lord said for you to do. As soon as he said that, the mother whirled and pointed at her daughter and said, Satan, take your hands off my daughter. I'm walking in love now. You have no right to afflict her. Immediately, the seizure stopped. Hallelujah. And the little girl was free. Some years later, the, uh, I think by the time the girl, little girl was eight, Brother Hagin was back in that area uh, preaching and they came to his meeting and he said, how's your little girl doing? And uh, 
And the, the mother testified, said, well, she's been free all these years now, five years now. And uh, she said, there was a couple of times where uh, an attack started to come. And I said, no, you don't, Satan. No, you don't. I'm walking in love. You take your hands off. And that, the attack stopped right then. A couple of times that happened. She's, otherwise, she's been free ever since. No more seizures. Years later, 1991, this was back when Brother Hagin was, before he started Raymond, probably back in the 50s when this happened, uh, or 60s. 1991, they're having their camp meeting at Raymond, and this couple, uh, family, they come to the camp meeting. And uh, he asked, okay, how's your, how's your daughter? Of course, she's grown by now. Oh, she never had another seizure all these years. She's been free. Hallelujah. And the, 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 the benefit of walking in love. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let's pursue this love. Let's follow after this love that's on the inside of us. We'll talk about desiring spiritual gifts next week, but let's follow after love. Let's pursue this love. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just ask you now to forgive us where we failed to walk in love, where we've yielded to our flesh, where we've yielded to our emotions, where we've yielded to our reasoning instead of yielding to the love of God in us. You told us to follow the way of love. Father, we purpose to do that. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for extending mercy to us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. He's there to help us. He's our help us. Yes, helper. Yes, he helps us to pray. Yes, he helps us in other areas, but he, he wants to help us in this area too. He wants to help us in walking in love. So we yield to his aid and to his help in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We thank you. Hallelujah.